at episode 80 of the Night Shift, and we get to welcome back Kyle Grimard to the podcast. My name is Mike Stubbs. You can find me on socials at Stubbs980. You can find Kyle at Kyle, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. And not too long ago, you could find Kyle in South Africa watching the Lions. So football. No, watching actual Lions. Kyle, you were watching actual Lions. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite a trip. It was a couple of weeks I was gone. So uh, I was catching up a lot on the London Knights over the last couple of weeks, everything that was going on with them. But we'll, we'll get to the trip in just a little bit because, uh, you know, the Knights have a, a busy schedule coming up so far, second in the Midwest division. And Mike, it's funny, too, because you kind of did a little bit of deep diving into how the Knights start their seasons. And this season is actually quite similar to a lot of how the London Knights have begun their years in uh, recent years past. You bet it is. So we'll break down September-October records versus the rest of the year for the London Knights. And it's it's pretty wild, actually. It is pretty wild. There is one outlier, and it's the year coming out of the pandemic, but pretty wild. We're going to hear from Henry Brustevich on the show. Henry and his brother Hunter are about to play each other. It's almost like we have to look ahead a couple of weeks because there are so few games on the night schedule right now. They have one game between now and November the 3rd. So it's practice for a week, play one team, and then get another week of practice. So that's <laughs> where they sit. It's an anomaly that happens to most teams during the schedule. A lot of times this week for the Knights will exist early on in the year, like very early, like first or second weekend. Well, it's now in late stages of October. So the Knights take on the Ottawa 67s. 67s have been playing well. Jackson Edward has signed with the Boston Bruins, so congratulations to him. We'll talk about that but the 67s present an interesting test Kyle if we break down Ottawa they have won four of five going into a game against Windsor on Thursday night so depending when you're listening to this and they are a team that plays a very tight system much like the London Knights you look at the outcomes on Ottawa 67 games. They haven't won all of them. They haven't lost all of them. Again, four or five going into a Thursday night game at the WFCU Center. But the team that has lost the game, whether it's Ottawa or their opponent, has scored two goals or less. So this is very much a chess match, very much a don't make mistakes. Anybody who makes a mistake, that gets capitalized on, either against Ottawa or for them. And then ultimately, you know, you pot a couple of late ones, maybe you get an empty netter. But this is not going to be a 6-5 game. This is not going to be a 7-4 game. Chances are, and London and Ottawa have been this way with Dave Cameron as the head coach of the 67s and Dale Hunter as the head coach of the London Knights for a few years now. We've seen one nothing wins in a shootout. So this this is not one with goals, but if you want to see how disciplined hockey can be played, here we go head to head. And it's funny, Mike, too, because oftentimes, I think in recent years, the Knights game scheduling against the Ottawa 67s is normally a game where London kind of figures some things out and is usually a Kickstarter that allows them to go on a run. You alluded to it last year, London going to Ottawa. They get a one nothing victory in a shootout. Brett Brochu stands on his head and that kind of kickstarts a, a string of games for the Knights where they climb out of their early hole and kind of cement themselves within that top two in the division. And that's 
the goal always to finish as high as you can. Ottawa is a very deep team. They've got seven NHL draft picks, including Brady Stonehouse, who is from Blenheim, who will get under your skin and then score a goal. He has signed with the Edmonton Oilers. They've got a couple of defensemen we mentioned, and we'll hear from Henry Brustevich later in the show. Ottawa just had this glut of young defensemen, and two of them are Frankie Morelli and Henry Muse. They're only 17. They played with Sam Dickinson on the Halinka Gretzky team that won gold this summer, and they've become quite a pair. These guys are very, very skilled, and they're two that They'll be running the show for the Ottawa 67s for a couple more years. Luca Pinelli, Brad Gardner, Cooper Foster. These guys needed to take a step up with some graduations, and they've done exactly that. And then Ottawa added Caleb Lawrence, who had two goals in his last game before the Thursday night game in Windsor against Sault Ste. Marie. He's big. He can be hard to handle. He played for the Owen Sound Attack. He's a prospect of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then good goaltending. They've got a pair of those. Max Donoso, who's an overager, and Colin McKenzie. So well-balanced team. This team is always built well. James Boyd does an excellent job as general manager. So you've really got a couple of foundational franchises, teams that do things the right way, consistently building that depth. And despite the way that Ottawa started, I really think we're going to see the 67s at or near the top of the charts in the Eastern Conference all the way. And I really believe the same thing for the London Knights. Yeah, and you know, and again, it's you you alluded to it uh, earlier, Mike, just saying that the coaching staffs of each team too do such a great job where you talk about systems and structures. And when you go in, it doesn't change based on the players that go in there. The players adapt to the systems, which is why you get these close, tight-knit games, especially between Ottawa and London. And I feel like we're going to be in for one of those on Friday as well. Well, let's take a look before we move on to congratulating Jackson Edward and hearing from Henry Brustevich. Let's look at that launching pad kind of thing that you're talking about, Kyle, where the Knights at some point hit just this game, this moment, and everything seems to fall together. And a lot of it is they do teach systems. There's a lot of learning that goes on very early in the season. And when we break down the London Knights before November, there's a really interesting pattern. So if we look back, I'm just going to go back over five seasons because we don't want to go back too far. There's one outlier, like I said. There's the eight O, O, and O start of 2021-2022 coming out of the pandemic. Now, that team after that went 31 and 22 with some overtime losses and a couple of shootout losses. But that was that was the outlier. So that was a very good start coming right out of the pandemic. Normally, the Knights find themselves around 500, maybe even a little under 500. So let's take last year. Last year, they went 5-5-1. Five, five, and one in October, because the season started in October. And then from November beyond, they went 40, 16, and 1. So that launch pad that you alluded to. In 2019-2020, they were 6-4, 1-1 to start the year. So a little bit above 500. And they went 39-11 and the rest of the way. The year before, similar record in you know, September, October, they were seven, four and two, and then 39 and 11 again with an overtime loss and a shootout loss. And then in 2017, 2018, the Knights were actually five, nine and one in their first 
month and just a, a little bit of the season. So September and October. And then they went 34 and 16 beyond that. So, you know, you look at where they are right now. It's very similar to where they have been in past years. This year, they're actually a, a little bit above that mark. I mean, they're coming off back-to-back losses. You take away those back-to-back losses, and the Knights are 6-2. and two. But as we come to the end of October, they have one game left in it. The Knights are 6-4-0-1, so a very similar mark. So it's it's eerily strange that this is the pattern that you can see, but... Kyle, in my mind, there's a pattern you can see. Well, there's a pattern you can see, and there's a pattern to success that you can see as well. And you talked about the the two months of the first couple months of hockey for the London Knights and how they do. I just want to go back to last year, the game that they went into Ottawa, or they played Ottawa, and they shut them out and beat them one nothing in a shootout. That was on December the 9th. After that win, they rattled off eight straight victories, Mike. So... Uh, something about Ottawa and, the, and these matchups kind of sharpen each other's knives a little bit and kind of work out any of the maybe the kinks. And last year allowed London to to rattle off eight straight wins and, and go on an incredible run last year. But it was that game because before that game, they also came off of a loss to the Oshawa Generals. So maybe it's Ottawa. Maybe it's maybe it's just like the knowing that each team has such a structure and a system that allows them to kind of get up for a game like that and then propel them to go on a run but you know it just seems like each and every year London gets off to a very similar start they play a team like Ottawa who's expected to be a very good team throughout the course of the year and something clicks so I wonder if that's going to be the case again on Friday but very exciting stuff both teams as you mentioned very deep Uh, it should be a very good early test uh, on for the London Knights Absolutely. And the fact that it is just one game, that's not being lost on the Knights or the players. Max McHugh talked about that one game and it being against Ottawa. Uh, yeah, it starts with, uh, you know, a good first week of practice here and then, um, you know, just r- ramping up the energy and, um, you know, coming ready to play Friday. You know, Ottawa's a well-coached team and we know them. They're, they're going to be playing a nice, uh, you know, systematic game and, um, you know, we're going to have to match that and obviously, you know, we need that win. Max McHugh of the London Knights. Other Knights news, Kyle, on Wednesday, Jackson Edwards signed with the Boston Bruins. And while you were away, he scored a goal in Brantford where it was one of the hardest shots you're going to see in the OHL. The puck was sent out front. He walked into the slot and absolutely stepped into a shot and it hit the netting in the net and came out so fast they had to review it to make sure it had gone in. But you look at how well-rounded Jackson Edwards' game is becoming. And the neat thing about Jackson Edwards, he doesn't come from a family where it was hockey, 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 hockey all the time. He comes from a family where... He didn't have any relatives who played hockey. He's kind of the first guy, and he's been quite the trailblazer. And at this point, I mean, look at all the ingredients, Kyle, he brings to a game. Oh, the the physicality, the skating. It's so funny, Mike, the different type of not only player, but person you are when you enter the OHL as a 16, 17-year-old, and then when you develop, even just over those couple of years. But remember, Mike, when we were that age and just the transition from being a 16-year-old to a 19, 20-year-old and how much bigger, stronger, 
faster, more intelligent you become as well. That's one of the best things about the OHL because you get to watch that graduation of a player over those couple of years. And from where, where Jackson Edwards started versus where he is now, he was already a good player to begin with. But like you said, the development of his game and where he is now as a player, he gets a three-year entry-level deal with the Boston Bruins. And, and it's so funny when you think of a guy like Jackson Edwards, you picture him on an NHL team and Boston, for some reason, is a very... It's a very good fit for him based on how they play and based on how he plays. You bet. And you look at the drafting that has been going on. Jackson Edward is one of a few Bruins draft picks who on the blue line is big, is tough, is physical, and also has a good skill set. So, yeah, they've got really big plans for Jackson Edward, and he's somebody that had an, an, an exceptional camp and then has carried that into this season. Another guy who didn't come from a hockey family, and you would think, oh, no, no, that's wrong. That, that's impossible. <laughs> Henry Bristevich did not come from a hockey family. So this was a family that played a lot of football, basketball. You just didn't see a lot of hockey players who were sitting around the table at Thanksgiving or other holidays. But Hunter Bristevich, Henry's brother, plays for the Kitchener Rangers, and is among the league leaders. Depending on when you look at the league leaders, the Kitchener Rangers might have all four top spots in scoring or all three top spots. It's been like that for a week or at least four of the top six. And Hunter Bristevich, at times, as a defenseman, has led the OHL in scoring in the early going. So you think, oh, a hockey family. Well, we sat down with Henry to talk about the start of his OHL career. Talk about facing his brother very soon because it will happen in a week from Sunday. So we're talking about November the 5th. It will be the London Knights and the Kitchener Rangers. It will be the first of six regular season meetings between Henry and Hunter Brustevich. Here is Henry Brustevich. We are getting closer to your first meeting with your brother. How much do you guys talk? Uh, me and him are best friends, so uh, we talk a lot. We watch each other's games all the time, and it uh, should be a good one. So is he watching your games and, and kind of saying, okay, hey, I've been through this. Is it helpful to have that? Or do you guys say, wait a minute, we're on different teams right now. There's only, there's only certain things we can talk about. Yeah, he helps me out, he helps me out a lot, and... Uh, I help him out a lot too. I, I tell him what he needs to do, but I think we're we're voting for uh, personal success, not team success for each other. Nice. Well, let's go back to when you guys were kids. Who got who into this game of hockey? Uh, my brother did. Uh, no one in our family played hockey, so one day he was driving by the rink and he asked my mom, "What is that?" She said, "A hockey rink," and she's like, "I want to try that." So my mom let him do that, and then. I mean, I kind of just got into it. I don't remember too much about it. So, yeah, that's how uh, hockey came along with us. So your family didn't have any kind of hockey history. Do they play any sports at all? Uh, football, basketball, baseball, everything other than hockey. So. <laughs> and was there any time where you guys went football, basketball, or baseball? Uh, my brother played football for like a year when he was younger. Uh, baseball maybe a little bit, but nothing too serious. But we love watching all, all sports, so... How about you? Anything other than hockey? Nothing, just hockey, but big football guy, big baseball, basketball, whatever. Okay, so being from Michigan, big football guy, does that mean college with Michigan or Michigan State, or is that Detroit Lions? Uh, Michigan and Detroit Lions, big fan of both. So, 
Okay, then things are going okay. If you said Michigan State, all of a sudden there's there's a tough loss in there. But how big was that win? Yeah, it, uh, I wish we would have kept pumping them. But uh, <laughs> 49 is, is pretty good, so uh, season's going good for them, so I'm happy with it. And your Lions? Your Lions seem to be, don't worry about the last game. There, there's a little bit of a roll going. Tough loss. Second in the NFC, though, so uh, can't complain. What has this year been like for you? Because there's a small window where sometimes at 16 you can be traded before the start of a season. So you go through that. You wind up in London. Tell us a little bit about what the first month and a bit has been like. It's been great. All the guys have been uh, really welcoming and made me uh, fit in right away. So I think uh, the hockey's been great. We have a really good team here, so it should be should be fun to continue it. How difficult has it been to adjust to... You know, some of the things going on. Max McHugh just walked by, and you may have caught that. Lives with the best roommate ever. Living with Max McHugh. Anything you can tell us about Max? Uh, he's a great guy. I mean, him and him and the billets have made it really easy to live there and adjust uh, moving into their house. And he's just been uh, helping me ever since I got here. So he's been great. The speed of the game, the physicality, is it like anything you've ever been through before? Yeah, it's definitely different. Uh, still trying to adjust. I think I've adjusted now, 10 games in. So uh, now I kind of got to take off. And let's look ahead. Your brother's been through a draft before. Is that helpful, having seen what he went through in, in his draft year, which next year would be for you? Yeah, hopefully I get that opportunity next year to push myself to get drafted so I think there's a lot of guys here too that have been through it so they can help me out too so uh but just focus on this year and getting better and winning games so that game against the Kitchener Rangers is coming you guys started texting or talking about it uh yeah we've been going all all season I think a lot of my family's coming I think they're gonna get a suite so it should be a fun one that's amazing well congratulations on the start keep it up thanks Stubbsy London Knights defenseman Henry Brustevich, only 16 years old, acquired from the Ottawa 67s even before the season started. Knights take on the Ottawa 67s. We'll have the game for you on 980 CFPL beginning at 630 with the pregame show. And that happens on October the 27th. And the Knights and the 67s will be the only game on the Knights schedule until London will face the Brantford Bulldogs a week later on November the 3rd. Remember to sign up if you're between the ages of 8 and 12 for our sportscaster contest. You can do that at our website. If you want to be a junior sportscaster, come to practice, meet the team, get a family pack of tickets, and join us in the broadcast booth. All you need to do is go to our contest page at 980CFPL. Kyle, before we go, let's talk something that probably has zero hockey involved in it. You just spent roughly two weeks in South Africa. What was that like? Uh, a life-changing experience. Uh, it was my honeymoon. I went for two weeks with my wife. We did a four-day safari to start in the Kruger National Park where we literally stayed in tents and were just surrounded by all the different wildlife that is abundant there. We ran into two male lions. There were giraffes, zebras, elephants. Uh, we we found a jaguar or a, sorry, a leopard at one point too. Um, then we stayed a little bit in Cape Town and we stayed right along the coast there and we did all kinds of scenery um adventures we went up table mountain we did kayaking with penguins we did cage diving with sharks uh it was quite the adventurous trip and then we kind of finished it off on a vineyard afterwards for a little bit of a, a rest <laughs> relaxation but uh once in a, a lifetime opportunity for us to to do something like that 
no sharks, jaguars, or lions on the vineyard. What? Tell us, is there one animal that maybe you looked at and thought, wow, I had no idea that animal was that beautiful or or that dangerous looking? You've seen all the big ones. Yeah, um, there's a, there's a type of... Uh... I mean, buffalo are are not normally very like aggressive, but there are there are certain buffaloes that once they get older, they leave the herd and they're on their own. And the name of of what type of buffalo they are kind of eludes me right now, but essentially it's kind of the old guys. And they're called bugger boys, and they <laughs> go off on their own. And they normally meet up, and there's two to three of them normally per grouping, and. If you get anywhere close to them because they're older and they're not as strong as they used to be, they actually get more aggressive because they don't want you approaching them. Uh, we did not approach any buffalo at any point, but it was cool just knowing like when they get older, like how they migrate differently. And anyways, it was uh, it was quite the trip. Also, South Africa, big fans of rugby out there. Of course, the Rugby World Cup going on. They're in the finals for the Rugby World Cup, which is incredible. I think they play on Saturday, but uh, not a lot of hockey talk, but a lot of rugby. All right. Last question. How long does it take to get either to or from South Africa? It was a total of about 18 hours in an airplane, Mike, depending on how you do your trip. We did Toronto to New York and then New York to Johannesburg. The longest flight was about 15 hours long. Okay. All right. But (laughs) sounds like it was more than worth it once you arrived. Yeah, absolutely more than worth it. Uh, a lot of people have actually now asked me about how we plan the trip and everything. And people are, I have a couple of friends inquiring about maybe doing a trip like that down the line soon, but highly recommend. I actually know a couple of people that are there now as well, who are from this area and uh, kind of a small world, but definitely a trip I would recommend uh, going on. Amazing. Well, welcome back. And we will be talking Knights and 67s, and we'll see if Dale Hunter gets one more victory. It will put him into second place all by himself on the all-time OHL coaching wins list, and that could happen as Ottawa and London meet at Budweiser Gardens. Kyle, we'll talk next week. Yes, fantastic stuff, Mike. Follow the pod wherever you listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Follow us on socials. Night 67's Friday night. It's going to be a good one.